Have you ever heard that it's bad luck to eat lobster on New Year's Day? Lobster, a pretty classy food, I'd say. It certainly isn't cheap. I think of it as a celebratory food and definitely a welcome addition to my brunch plate. But the bottom-dwelling crustaceans swim backwards, and somewhere along the line, someone decided that means starting your year with lobster could send you floating toward the past, too. Well, we certainly don't want to do that. But at the same time, all of this new year, new you stuff gets you thinking. Is the opposite extreme reinventing yourself really necessary? Our 2020 vision is all about looking forward, but without forgetting our roots. That's why this year, my aim is inspired by someone who's got that cool, classic thing down pat. Restaurateur Zoe Robinson. Notice I said aim, not resolution, because Zoe doesn't make those in the new year. So I think every day I have resolutions. I'm that person. How can I improve on me tomorrow? What did I do today that was kind of disappointing? Mm -hmm. And I do reflect a lot. Yeah. So no, I don't do that once a year. I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> She's no lobster. She's my spirit animal. The restaurateur started as a teenage waitress at a chain restaurant and has now been profiled by Vogue. Yes, that Vogue, for staying front and center of the Midwest culinary scene. Her restaurant row on Wydown Avenue in Clayton is as charming as it is sexy. And on the first Abbey Eats St. Louis of this year, I'm going to outline why she should be your 2020 inspo too. I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world. Then stick around for our food news wrap and your weekend planner. The motivational types always say to take a big goal and break it down into bite-sized parts to make it more attainable. So let's outline the five lessons I learned from my chat with Zoe, sitting in the moody walls of Billie Jean, the youngest of her three restaurants. It's a James Beard Award finalist. It's tiny, it's cozy, nestled footsteps away from older brothers Bar Lefrere and Eve Fratellini. If each one of these were your kids, you've got three kids here, describe them for me and okay. the characters that they are. <laughs> well, Eve Fratellini would be the eldest. And E. Fratellini means the little brothers in Italian. I opened it 18 years ago and my sons were tiny. And I went to Italy with my chef and um, we asked someone how, you know, what in the world we could name our restaurant. And this woman said to me very simply, oh, it's so easy, E. Fratellini, because of your sons. So E. Fratellini was born. It is the oldest child, so it, um, the staff is probably the most mature. Barley Frere means the brothers in French. So Barley Frere was supposed to be an extension of E. Fratellini when I opened, and it was super, super tiny. Um, and it was just supposed to be kind of like a waiting area for E. Fratellini. But then it morphed into something bigger. My next door neighbor wanted to leave, so I expanded. It's got its own personality. I think the same customers that go to E. Fratellini when they go to Barley Frere, they have a completely different experience. It's a little wilder. It's a little more festive. It's a little more drunk. It's, it's sexy you know, in there. Yeah, yeah, it's champagne. It's, you know, blinis with caviar. So it's just, it's a different vibe. Um, Billie Jean is the baby. And Billie Jean was named for my parents, Billie and Jean. But we also do the play on the Michael Jackson song. We have t-shirts, lover, not your lover, or hats, or lover, not your lover. Um, we've had a lot of fun here. And this is a much more contemporary vibe. So tip one, your personality doesn't just evolve. It has different aspects. Let each of them shine. 
I learned this when Zoe talked about opening Billie Jean in late 2017 to quite a bit of buzz. It felt wonderful getting that type of attention. And quite honestly, I don't want to turn into a dinosaur. And for me, the only next move when I had Barley Frere and E. Fratellini, I just thought, I can't fade away. I'm in my prime. And I really felt like, well, the only way to keep building on my reputation and to keep building my career is to open something new. I think that I will always be like that. I'm going to be a rolling stone. I have to be. You, you, you can fade into the woodwork otherwise. Interesting. And I think it's interesting, too, that it's almost easier to do more than to reinvent what you're Absolutely. already doing. Oh, gosh, yes. Tell me oh, more about that. Reinventing what you're doing. I don't know if I would have the heart, the stomach for it. I don't know if I that sounds really scary to me. Yeah, because I, I know other restaurateurs that have done it who are friends of mine who have done it successfully. But that's a that's a daunting task. Something I personally respect about you in this conversation and just your overall vibe is that you keep saying you want to be current and you want to be modern. You're wearing patent leather pants right now. <laughs> People can't see this in the podcast, but they are awesome. And it's the first thing Thank I noticed. You. And you're wearing really cool shoes. But you are very, there's something very classic about you as well. Well, thank you. How do you kind of balance the being classic and being a mainstay, a place that can be open and inviting for 18 years, and then also being up to date and it takes work cool. and that's what i was talking about with e fratellini trying to trying to freshen that place without taking away its its elegance she's talking about changing up the interior decor at her first restaurant a few years ago when we did that and you know i had to close for a week or so and we had to announce to the public that we were doing it i likened it to sophia loren getting a new dress <laughs> And that's that's really how I felt about it is E. Fratellini is still there and it's still classic. It's just wearing new clothes. How did people respond to that? Um, well, some people hated it. A lot of people didn't even notice. Mm -hmm. You know, it just. Was that then more of a change for you than for the customers? Nah. I, to me, I always welcome change, not big change. But change. And you're right. I am wearing patent leather pants. But <laughs> if I come to work tonight, I'm going to wear a very simple, elegant black dress. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I change, too. It's a little vogue of you. You got you stick with the <laughs> classics and then you also throw in the fun. You have to. Too. How boring would it be? <laughs> I agree. You with have that. to pull out the patent leather pants sometimes. <laughs> the second tip, if you're drawn to something, stick with it. Even if you have to wait for it, it'll pay off. When we opened Barley Frere, or when, when I wanted to open Barley Frere, I would just be at E. Fratellini staring out the window at that space, and I would think, oh, God, I could make that so wonderful. It was the wide-down shoe repair for 88 years. And I would go over and say, hi, Mr. Cirillo, how are things going? Are you ready to retire yet? <laughs> and then I would call, you know, the landlord and, you know, hound him. If Mr. Cirillo ever wants to leave, I'm here. And again, it happened. Tip three for being more like Zoe, don't compromise on the aesthetic. Even if your motif is a bit obscure at first. The space dictates what it's going to be. This space to me, that window, 
and the first thing my contractor said, you know, I know that this isn't a visual, but there's a there's a window in the back of the restaurant that looks very New York. Yeah, it does. It's We're looking at it. It's got a nice grill window. To it. It's kind of battered. But the first thing that my contractor was said was, oh, well, we'll have to tear that out. And I said, no, no, no. That's why I want the space. Wow. So, you know, I just thought this is very Manhattan. It's it's so New Yorky, and I, I want to make it that way, and I want that vibe. I also wanted something really elegant. I wanted a white tablecloth restaurant, but we have an open kitchen, so it's kind of a fun juxtaposition, kind of like, oh, it's casual, but it's formal. And you can definitely come in here in blue jeans and a T-shirt, or it can be your anniversary dinner where, you know, you're wearing sequins. And remember, details matter. I negotiate leases. I do the decor, I design menus, I hire staff, I train staff. I, I mean, it's down to the tiniest detail, how we, you know, keep our toilet paper in the bathrooms. I'm a micromanager. I mean, it's it's all about every tiny little thing. And she says all of that is especially key in the experience at Billie Jean. Our service here, I maybe it's the layout of the room or just because I was here for the first, you know, year really just working, working, working. And my manager is so good. And he and I have such a strong bond that we have been able to turn our service here into something very, very precise. Why does Zoe just seem like she's got it all together? Because she doesn't. Well, next goal is embrace imperfections. Focus instead on overall experiences. I love the camaraderie of working with a team and working through a shift. There's nothing like it, especially I used to say uh, when I had my restaurant in, in uh, the Clayton Business District when I was younger, I'd say on a Saturday night, I'm not going to be happy until I'm on the verge of tears, you know, because it's so intense. <laughs> you just, uh, um, you know, problem solving through an entire evening when your book is full and the restaurant is going to be packed and you have to turn the tables on time and you have to keep everybody happy and the food has to come out of the kitchen and the dishwasher has to not disappear. There's a lot to it and it's exciting. And then at the end of the evening, when you've, you know, wrung a whole lot of money and the servers are really happy because they've just made a big pile of money. And, you know, you all pat yourself on the back and say, oh, my gosh, look at what we did tonight. Now, there are nights when it's not so successful. <laughs> and You say, well, tomorrow's another day. <laughs> Isn't that the kind of joy in jobs like this, though? Absolutely. That every day is another day. Every plate is a fresh plate. Every table is a new table. That it's kind true. of thing. Absolutely. So it makes your job so, I mean, you cannot get bored working in a busy restaurant. There's no such thing. Talk about lessons you've learned from times when maybe things aren't going well. Those are actually some of my favorite things, though. And uh, my managers and I talk about that a lot because we're not perfect and we screw up all the time. You know, I, I, we messed up a reservation the other day and I, I had to talk to the customer about it. And, you know, I told him, I'm so sorry, we're so not perfect and we want to be, but what can I do to make this better? And I think that that's our challenge every night um, it won't always go well. And what lesson can we learn? How can we make it better next time? And really, 
how can you take a bad situation and make that customer feel like you went the extra mile to make them happy? So if their steak is overcooked, how can I how can I salvage that? What can I do about that? If you're here with your boyfriend and your meal is perfect and his isn't and he has to send his back, I want to make sure that his steak not only gets sent back and recooked, I want to put something in front of him to keep him busy and also make you feel comfortable to go ahead and eat your meal and not let it get cold right? And then his food comes out. And then I want to take that off of his check. I certainly don't want him to have to pay for that. And then maybe I'll buy you dessert, you know, for the trouble. So those are the things that, that we do to try to save your evening and to make you leave here happy, even though we've made a mistake. To make sure that from beginning to end, the experience overall is one that people feel good about. Right. And it won't always be perfect. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's nice to have a little imperfection because it gives you a good story, right? Like <laughs> exactly. You or, you, you know, a customer wears the wrong coat home, you know, with with someone else's car keys in the pocket. <laughs> you know, things like that happen all the time. <laughs> I love it. And it's a good Finally, story. try something new wherever you can. Local restaurants and get out there. I think that other cities and I do think that St. Louis has becoming this way. Um, it's just as easy for me to say, go to a fast casual restaurant that's really great. Go eat a bowl of pho. Go eat a Balkan treat box. Go, you know, do that rather than going to the grocery store, you know, and cooking every yeah. single night. And I, and I adore cooking at home and I, I really do. And I adore entertaining at home, but I think getting to go out to different places and really getting out of your own comfort zone. I think that people have a list of five restaurants that they go to and that's their cycle. No, I <laughs> yes. think that that's a real thing. I think a lot of people are guilty of that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm guilty of it, mm -hmm. but I think that sometimes we have to break our habits and try new things and we would be supporting local business people, but also what you gain from it. I mean, it's like, wow, this is here and I could be coming here, you know, every week. That's incredible. And it's so accessible here in St. Louis too. It really is. It's part of the reason why I'm going to do less cooking in 2020. I, I, I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you outside of Billie Jean now and back into the podcast booth with the one and only Dory Almost, executive producer and dear friend of mine. How are you, Dory? I'm great. How are you? Happy 2020. Can you believe it? I can't. It flew by. It really did. But you know what? 2019 was pretty good. 2020, I think, is going to be even better. So, Dory, do you have any food goals or resolutions or, as we phrased it earlier, aims for this year? Yes. Yeah, so I'm not going with your traditional, I need to take a diet or exercise more. I'm thinking a little bit more about exploring my neighborhood a bit more, going Ooh. to some of the local spots, supporting local more. And then also, as far as food goes, maybe cooking more at home. Mm, so the opposite of the goal that I was talking <laughs> yes. about earlier. Mine is to eat with my family more. I have family in St. Louis, and sometimes it just gets hard. Life gets mm -hmm. busy. But then something about coming off the holidays and spending all that time with my family made me realize that no matter what you're eating, hopefully it's from a local place. Hopefully it's something my grandmother cooked. But 
either way, whatever you're sitting around the table with your family is pretty cool. So hopefully we can make that a trend in the Lorico family for the coming year. Yes, and speaking of trends, I took a look at what we can possibly expect to see this year in the uh, culinary world. I compiled a list, took a list. I looked at a bunch of different lists. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like how you started with like, this is the list I came um, up with. And you're like, okay, so other you sourced some okay. lists. I like it. I like it. All right. So up first, mocktails. What do you think? Mm, I like the idea. The non-alcoholic happy hours, you know, more of a focus on like juice and flavor. I like yep. the concept of something delicious to drink without it having to be boozy. Yes. And on that note too, kombucha. Zero percent. Not in. I'm not, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Though that's kind of funny that apparently one of the trends is making kombucha boozy too. Right. So kind of an opposite thing there. We'll see about that. Um, a little bit more cauliflower this year. I am all in favor of that. I got an air fryer for Christmas, which is literally all I asked for. And I finally got it. And I was like a little kid on Christmas where I stood up in the air and I didn't hold it up because it's kind of heavy, but I was like, yes, air fryer. And Adulting. I made the first thing I cooked in it was buffalo cauliflower and it was delicious. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we could see some more plant-based meat. Interesting. At, at like fast food places too. Yeah, it's interesting to see that this trend is actually kind of continuing because of course we had the Impossible Whopper mm-hmm. here in St. Louis. How do you feel about the whole Dunkin' Donuts sausage sandwich, like plant-based sausage sandwich thing? That is a big no from me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, uh, mm, mm, yeah. yeah. I think if it's something about that's it. <laughs> local or smaller or whatever, yes. no, sh- no shade to Dunkin' or anything, but like, eh, no. Yeah. Maybe stick to donuts. Yes. Dunkin' plant-based sausage doesn't sound as good. Exactly. (laughs) So one other trend that we could see this year, ghost kitchens. And we're actually already starting to see this in St. Louis. Very cool. So what does a ghost kitchen really mean? So really, it's not a place you can actually go to eat. It's only available for delivery. Huh. I like that. Yes. I like that. So, okay, so this is like Soup Boy that we got yes. over the holidays. This is um, basically from the same guys as Retreat, Yellow Belly, The Hideout, and you DoorDash and that Grubhub, that kind of stuff is becoming mm-hmm. so popular. I'm not surprised that, one, it's a national trend, trend that's yep. going to be coming here. I'm not surprised St. Louis already has one because we're doing a lot better on yes, staying hip are. on the whole food <laughs> trend thing. I just am, I, I hope it doesn't replace new restaurant openings Yes, in it feels a little backwards in some ways where mm-hmm. a lot of people are going from food trucks to brick and mortar. And now we're doing like a brick and mortar that's not really a brick and mortar. Yeah. So I don't know. It, from what I read about it, it gives these restaurants like Yellow Belly a little bit more room to experiment with different things without okay. having to go into that big retail space. Interesting. Okay, Here's one more for the gig yeah. economy, I guess, right? Yes. So speaking of opening, we've got another Gorilla Street food that's going to be coming. This one is in Webster Groves. It's opening January 7th on Old Orchard Avenue. This is really big news for them because they were supposed to open in May. So they are way ahead of schedule on this one. Wow. Good for them. And another place that went food truck to brick and mortar mm-hmm. and they just keep growing. So yep. good for our friends of the podcast at Gorilla Street. Now, since we last talked, we also have a couple closings to pass along. Charlie Gito's is not going to reopen the Chesterfield location. They had Mm. some uh, damage after some uh, summer storms this past year. Um, The big thing is is insurance is not going to pay them enough to help keep them going. Right. And they they planned on reopening. They did. And they're still looking at options to reopen another spot in West County. Now, this is just anecdotal, but I heard from someone who's friends with a – former, now former employee at Charlie Gito's that they were still paying her 
during this closure. Really? So that's awesome. I really respect that. Good luck to the Charlie Gito's folks in finding that new location. And thank you for taking care of your employees. For like, like you six did. months. Yeah, yeah. Long time. Yep. All right. So one other closure. Hula Hands abruptly closed the Creve Corps location. That's the last one. We don't have any more in yeah. the St. Louis area. I also saw that Kansas City closed a couple in their area. Um, the Brent one, the one that was in Brentwood also closed yeah. back in November. Both of those are citing high rent and increased operating costs. Hopefully the restaurateurs behind that um, are able to find, or the people behind that building, I guess I should say, are able to find another good restaurant yes, to put to, in to there. Yep. Speaking of good I'm very excited about I this I am so excited about this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so 1220 Spirits is coming out with a new collaboration with Sump. Love Sump Coffee Company. Love it. Tell me a little bit about this because you were reading up on it. Yeah. Long. So this was, I actually just bought a four pack of it last night. I was real, and by the time you hear this podcast, the four pack might be no more. <laughs> but it was just released last week, actually. Um, so this is, of course, 1220 Spirits. You remember our episode entirely inspired by how much Dory and I love those canned cocktails, cocktails. like aviation, gin boogie, that kind of stuff. Um, They're following up on that. Of course, they had the pear spice and forbidden fruit. They came out a little while ago. Now they have Abides, which is a nitro canned cocktail, again, in collaboration with some coffee. It's cold brew coffee, vanilla, chocolate, cacao, you know, and then their encrypted vodka. You know where that name comes from, the dude abides, right? No, I don't. The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski, he drinks white Russians, and that is his drink, and that's one of the famous quotes from that movie. The dude abides. I love that. I wish I was better at movies. Dory, (laughs) let me know if you want me to be a guest on your movie podcast, but we're talking about food here, so I don't know that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like like that you knew it, though. I love that tie-in, though. That's That's so cool. Very clever of them. They're always so clever over there. And I'm really excited to try that drink. Yes. Something else I'm excited to try, and I know you are, too. Oh, heck yeah. New Four Hands Pizza. With yes. Mama Lucia's Lion's Choice. This is the one. We need to go find the audio <laughs> clip of me saying this is I the one I want. I was looking before you came up to me this afternoon <sighs> or this morning. Yes. This is the one. So, okay, we're talking French fry crust, horseradish sauce, roast beef, roasted green peppers, Swiss and provolone cheese with, of course, Lion's Choice seasoning. Yes. Get in and around my mouth. I love that pizza. As that soon as I wonderful. saw that on Facebook when we were on break... I texted you the picture of it, and you were like, what? I actively said, you know, people say, like, OMG Mm. in all caps. I act, like, out loud. (laughs) loud. I said, OMG. (laughs) Dory texted me this. I'm very excited about that. Speaking of this, uh, Lion's Choice, look for them in an upcoming podcast episode. But until then, yes. Dory, we're going to run it back a little bit. What's the best thing you've had to eat since the last time we sat in the booth together? Well, since the last time we were here, my husband and I, we went out to Baltimore where we used to live. Talked about it before. Um, whenever you're in Baltimore or Maryland in general, you have to eat crab, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a rule. You can't even avoid it, really. Um, so what we did was we got a couple crab cakes from Jimmy's Famous Seafood. They're our favorite crab place mm. in Baltimore. We brought them back here to St. Louis. Oh, good for you. Through like hell and high water, we got them here, (laughs) fresh, not frozen. Um, And we cooked them up in our kitchen, and they were just so good. There's nothing like a Maryland-style crab cake. It's just lump crab meat, not a lot of filler, and the seasonings is just delicious. I love how Dory lights up when she talks about Maryland (laughs) seafood. And like oh, old bay seasoning so and anything much. related to that is your favorite. Yes. I love it. That's awesome. Good for you yes. for going through that haul. So the best thing I've had to eat, I'm just kind of trying to, The it, it's been a blur since our last recording, mm-hmm. to be honest, because holidays, holidays. food just kind of put you in that mode. So I'm just going to go back a couple of days when I made that 
cauliflower because <laughs> I used a local hot sauce, Happy Dogs Hot Sauce. Mm. I picked it up at the grocery store a while ago. They are only in a couple grocery stores. I did a little more research. And basically, the owner, the guy who came up with this, loved his dogs so much that he dedicated, like, the label of his hot to his dogs yes and he just it's pictures of his dog but it's also actually a really good sauce so you know like hot charlies we've talked Mm. about hot charlies in the past here that's something you kind of like dip in stuff i really like happy dogs for cooking actually because it's a little thinner it's a little more like a tabasco if you had to compare the two it's more like a tabasco and hot charlies is more like a um franks okay is what i would kind of say so yeah it was delicious i might be busting out the air fryer again very soon (laughs) Who am I kidding? I'm using it later today. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about some of the weekend events. We have the planner for the first weekend of 2020, January 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Dory? Yep, coming up here on the 3rd and 4th, your last chance to go to the Garden Glow at Missouri Botanical Gardens. Saturday is your last day. Uh, We've both gone. We loved it. Loved it. Um, Tickets are required for this one, so just a heads up there. Get the Cozy Caroler. That's the name of the delicious drink. It's so good. (laughs) Um, One other ongoing thing you can check out this weekend, Winterfest is still at Keener Plaza. That's the place where you can go ice skating, and they've got those igloos you can rent. Yes. And that'll be going through most of January. Love that. Speaking of ice, um, on Saturday, it's the first ever blues brunch at Ballpark Village. I saw this. I was like, how do I get here? So they're going to have drink specials and options for all you can brunch. Otherwise, it costs $10 the day of to get in. Again, it's at Ballpark Village. And here's what makes it extra special. The live entertainment is by the Charles Glenn Group performing live. How great is that? Before a blues game. I mean, just brunch with your favorite city. Before you cheer on your favorite hockey team. I yes. love that. So that's um, Saturday. That's Saturday. And then Sunday the 5th, we've got Dia de los Reyes. That's also known as Three Kings Day on Cherokee Street. So I had to do a little bit of uh, guilty Catholic researching <laughs> here. This is celebrated on January 6th every year. It's also known as the 12th day of Christmas, the Feast of the Epiphany. It's popular in Spain and Latin America. It's a day for uh, really children to get toys and that will happen at this event on Cherokee Street That's Sunday cool. as well. Um, everybody's going to be meeting up at El Chico Bakery. There's going to be several other businesses participating as well. And you'll also get the Rosca de Reyes bread, which is a traditional bread celebrated or used on this celebration, which has dried and candied fruit and figs. I know it looks okay. Interesting. I would try it. Yeah. I would definitely try it. I just like the idea of it, you know. That kind of celebration sounds very colorful. Yes. And so uh, anything on Cherokee Street is always a kind of fun, colorful, interesting event. So let us know what you wind up getting into this weekend. And as always, double check because, you know, St. Louis, weather, time changes, that kind of stuff. But double check that and let us know what you wind up doing this weekend. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five in Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm executive producer Dory Olmos. Please make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. So as you may have noticed, we changed up the format. So we'll have a story off the top plus your food news and events every single week. We think this is going to be an exciting new way to deliver you guys like the best content mm-hmm. every week without making you overly full. It's like a delicious meal, if you will. Uh, Again, let us know what you think about it on the reviews, especially if it's a five-star thought. Um, Email us at podcast at ksdhay.com. Follow us on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. We hope your 2020 is off to an awesome start and you're already seizing the plate. Ooh la la.